human slave. I sometimes scream out, no. When the real way, I mean, yes. Yes, yes. And this is why we have the safe word. Until we hear the safe word, we will not stop. She's not a Christian! Safe word with Jason Rouse. Hey, this is Jason Rouse, and welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. Today, my guest, special guest, Mike Hickey. Uh, welcome to the show. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, Jason. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was thinking about this today, actually, and, and thanks again for naming uh, my podcast. You came up. I was. Uh, oh yeah, I, I did have a little something to do with that, right? Or I think you. No, you did have. You were. The, you named. Did it. I come up with that you myself? Came, I'm like, what should I call it? What should I call it? And you're like, safe word. That's. That's. Tr- yeah. Like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, at least, yeah. So uh, I thank you for that, and also your partner in crime, uh, Lee. Yep. Uh, did the intro. The theme music we just heard. Yes, exactly yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's my bandmate, Lee Newton. And you, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, many different colors and shapes. Um, you know, some fancier than others. Well, I think our, um, cause we knew of each other, but we'd never met. First of all, let's, let's start at the beginning. I mean, the, that's a long time ago. Yeah, we had a million mutual friends. You're from Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. I'm from Ottawa, Ontario. Our mutual friends, uh, Rob Keith. Yeah, I went as low. I think that this, the social circle went from Hamilton as far as Ottawa. But that was it. Everybody yeah. kind of functioned in that. And yeah. then v- via um, the music that we uh, kind of gravitated towards... Yeah, well, it, yeah. I mean, I I met Linus Booth because we were like two Mr. Bungle fans, like way way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Linus introduced me to Village Idiot. Village Idiot. The bassist was Rob Keith, who it, that's how I got connected to you. I yes. think. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was definitely Rob. De- yeah, definitely Rob. And Rob introduced me to Mr. Bungle. Yeah. So and and Rob, I don't know a lot of people know this or not, but he designed. The Mr. Bungle logo. Yeah, I know. And he did artwork on OU818. They're like pre-Warner Brothers cassette. Yeah. Uh, this is all also, speaking of pre, this is all pre-internet. This is like 1990. Yeah. And shit, I mean, people listening probably don't remember how hard it was to network in those pre-internet days. But just the fact that we even heard about each other, let alone met, is is weird. It is weird. But, um, but um, right is it right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we met. Uh, we didn't. We went to the Mr. Bungle show at the Phoenix in '91. That's right. And it might have been. Was it? I don't. I think it might have been '92. But yeah, I was at the the first Mr. Bungle Toronto performance at the Phoenix. I know you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that famous bootleg video of Mr. Bungle on stage, and you're one of the many stage divers that went on stage, yeah. tried to pull your pants down, and got thrown off. I did. And so I, you're done, plainly visible on that. I've done that uh, at two shows, Mr. Bungle and uh, what was that shitty Jim Morrison the um, the Tea Party? Yes, <laughs> yes. I got. They threw me right out into the snowbank for that. I tried to take a shit on stage during the Tea Party show. <laughs> well, that would have been better than anything they were doing. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that was true. I go listen. My friend goes, "Let's go, let's go," and I go, "This band sucks." He goes. I'll buy you drinks. I'm like, this band is awesome. <laughs> Did you I'm, actually try and take a shit? Yeah, 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 totally. I was determined to <laughs> unload a hate crime out of my asshole at the um, at this bar uh, in Hamilton. It was. Oh, was this before they broke big? No. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in the first. The, the first album was starting to take wow. off. Oh my god, I, I maintain. Uh, I heard that guy loved cocaine and then moved to Ireland or something like really? that. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow, you've done a lot of looking into the Tea Party. I think. <laughs> I, no, I think you were on the right track with you with your move, but sorry, it didn't end up so well. Yeah, it was, uh, and then I had to call Elroy. Remember Elroy? No. <laughs> so we go. Uh, we have mutual friends. Village idiot. Uh, a band from Portland. I still talk to Chris Merrill once in a while. Yeah, I, actually I have a funny Faith the Moore story. Okay, go. I uh, I go to Port. I was living in Vancouver. Me and my buddy John. We go to see uh, the Village Idiot play at the Royal Room. When was this? What era now? Ninety. This okay. Ninety. Ninety four. Three. Three. Ninety three or ninety four. 
So we're all pumped. I knew Rob, but I, and I had been listening to Village Idiot for a few years leading up to that show. So it was nickel highballs at this bar in uh, just on the, uh, across the border. So we end up getting fucking blackout drunk and going foolishly, getting in the tour van and going to Portland, saying, well, we'll just go to Portland. Mm-hmm. And went to Portland and went to uh, the Satyricon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it turns out Steel Pole Bathtub and Faith No More uh, were playing, I want to say Failure too, I think Failure. Okay. And um, we go to the show and I, we, I was a big Patton fan and still am. So we were, Chris and, and Patton are good friends. Yeah. So <laughs> we're at the backstage lot area uh, on the other side of the gates and Chris and, and, uh, and uh, Mike are talking and we're just, me and my friend John are kind of just flies on the wall watching and and then this kid comes up, this Dungeons and Dragons kid comes up and starts interrupting. And then Mike turns to Chris and goes, hey, do you know this guy? And Chris goes, no. And he goes, buddy, fuck off. And you could just see this kid just like, no. But he he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been. Uh, it was the worst case scenario for approach. Yeah, really. And then, um, yeah. You know, I was just in Portland myself like three weeks ago. Chris Marrow did not come out to the show. Oh, did he? No, he, he wrote me like two hours before the show, and he's like, dude, it sucks being 45. I can't come. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least he's honest. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I understand. I'm only 41, and it's almost impossible to get me out of the house. It's a miracle we're here today together. Yeah, I think the only thing that changes when you get older is your tolerance for other people's bullshit. Oh, it's, it's zero. Yeah. It's absolute I'm zero. I'm dealing with this. The funny thing is, like, I'll waste time... I'll waste my own time like crazy. I just can't stand anyone else wasting my time. Mm-hmm. I just cannot tolerate it. Yeah, it's 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 it, it retarded. I can't uh, I can I can't handle it. But Jesus. So, uh, but we were we're here in Los Angeles. We yeah. made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we yes, we definitely made it from Ontario to uh, to Los Angeles, where we're both uh, working. Yeah. Uh, crawling through the slime. So <laughs> we get we get interested in uh, Mr. Bungle. We go to the show. And then I think... Didn't meet there. I think Facebook, we start or MySpace, we started corresponding a little bit maybe via MySpace or email or something. I was thinking about this on the way to come meet you. I don't remember how we originally met or who introduced us. I remember hanging out with you when you tour through Ottawa. Yeah. I think we'd Maybe in Ottawa was possibly, the first time yeah. at one of my gigs. Because, yeah, Jason used to come to play Ottawa all the time at Yuck Yucks. Well, a few times a year, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but twice a year. And you didn't really know anyone there, so I came no. out and... Uh, and Ottawa sucked. Might have even... No. Well, whatever, we're just fucking sounding like idiots now. Might have been through Tom, but I don't think so. No. No, we were pre-Tom. Anyway. Tom Green, who now you uh, you're, you work on his show. You yeah, are, yeah. You are the show. No, no. So yeah, now I'm living in Los Angeles, you know, after doing music in Ottawa for a million years... Uh, basically going nowhere as uh, Zayfods. Yeah, of course. Every three months. Oh, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but yeah, now I live here doing like a one-man show. It's kind of music and comedy. I'd say fifty-fifty. And yeah, working as a uh, video producer on Tom Green's current television show, mm-hmm. which is kind of a talk show. So there's there's not a lot of video segments, but uh, when there are video segments, I'm the ones filming them and editing them, and you know. Just kind of helping out on the show. Yeah, you're kind of like a comedy familiar. Yeah. Like you, you've been in and around the comedy stand-up community and humorous in general for, for years. Yeah. You've always had that. Your music is in, uh, and your tastes have are never been like serious. I am, I am metal, you know. Well, it's, no. You know, we always had a kind of a, a, a humor about what you do. For me, what it is, is like when I started doing bands, I mean... I wasn't. A, I never have considered myself a musician. I mean, as a singer, I mean, I'm not even that great a singer. But I liked. Was Brendan Walsh the first band? No, before that, it was it was a band called the Rebo Band. Let's start from the bot. That was what was the first band the you were in? First band was called Rebo, Rebo Band, and it was just me and some friends, and we were really into like Mr. Bungle and Ween. Uh, well, they were more into Ween. I was more into Mr. Bungle and the Boredoms, kind of, and just. Like, just like, w- the weirder the better was what I was into. Started the band, 
and you know always costumes and props and there was always some kind of show yeah, to cool, it yeah and I very quickly realized that what I was most interested in was the performing you know mm. between songs the spectacle of the it. spectacle in between songs when I would sort of speak to the audience and they would chuckle or laugh at what I was saying that is what I was really into so then Brandon Walsh the, the next band I did after that was a hundred times more sort of theatrical and every member of the band we were all on the same page it was just like let's put on the craziest show possible the craziest music I mean it wasn't always listenable and it wasn't always good but it was always we were trying to be entertaining anyways I mean I'm really summarizing here but then I me and another guy from Brandon Walsh Lee uh, put a, put together Daiquiri which was a band and then it was just the two of us and then I moved here and started doing this kind of one-man uh, one show with Lee still collaborating with me on all of the music and the beats and stuff. Because, I, I, like I said, I don't do music but on my own. Lee's also played in loads of bands. Lee is a musician. He's a real musician. Yeah. yeah. And he's in, he was in a lot of bands, and he's, he's probably more active now than he's ever been with all of the things he's doing. Like he's like a hired gun. No, well, he's got his own band called The Sun Through a Telescope, which you would love. I mean, have you heard that? No. Oh my God, it's like meant for it's it's totally your thing. It's <laughs> okay. Super heavy, out there. I don't know. It's very like it seems like really like uh, kind of highbrow metal stuff. I, okay. I would say. Yeah, he can be very technical. Yeah. He's very well. Yeah. Seasoned guitar player. And because the last time I saw him play was in Fuck the Facts at Zaphod's. Oh, yeah. See, another thing he did. And then Street Meat, which was kind of like electronic, like punk band. And then World War Four is his like th sort of throwback thrash metal band. Okay. But yeah, he's doing all kinds of shit. But like I say, that's because he's a musician. I was always more of a performer who was into doing theatrical shows, was into music that was dramatic, theatrical, hopefully funny. Mr. Bungle were always funny. Um, so let's say most five most influential albums of, of uh, the 90s for you. Oh, man, of the 90s. Oh, my God. Can we, can we take it beyond the 90s? I don't think there were five in the 90s for me. Really? No. Okay. I was more into 80s. 70s, 80s. Uh, well, okay, Mr. Bungle's first album. That would be an absolute life changer. Like the Warner Brothers' first album? The first Warner Brothers yeah. album. That life was a, that changer. Was a, I used to get kicked out of parties for putting that on. Yeah. <laughs> they hated it. It was a lot to take back then. They um, wanted to hear fucking, um, what's that? Uh, oh, God, Canadian band from Kingston. Oh, uh, the Tragically Hip. Tragically Terrible. Yeah, the Tragically Hip. And I hip. wanted to hear Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It was a real, it was a real uh, very defined line back then. Um, with that kind of stuff, especially, you were either in or, or, or you were very far out. Yeah, there was, it was, there was so many subgenres of uncool yeah. now where it was like you were either in rap, metal, yeah, you know, and that was kind of it. Yeah. The other stuff was kind of everybody's dirty secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. There was very few people that wore these kind of influences on their sleeve. And you were always, you, you've been that guy. Like, I got into this because I like it. I didn't get into it because it was uh, it was cool. No, no. In fact, it was kind of hard to find. You had to seek it out. Like I say, all of this kind of happened pre-internet. So that, that was, a, it was another world. Were you doing, like, tape trading and things like that? Yes, that's Rob, with Linus. Rob was doing a lot yeah. of that stuff. When, I'm, when, I, when I met Linus, and Linus got all of his shit from Rob, so it all goes back to that whole tape trading thing when I met like I met Linus because of Mr. Bungle and then Linus turned me on to Village Idiot who who I would say were up there with Mr. Bungle for me their first cassette brain or at least the first cassette I got from Village Idiot just five songs pre uh, amputee party pre way pre amputee party which uh, Paul Earwig did the artwork for that I yes. remember that them yeah. showing me that when I was in Portland oh my god that five song cassette brain it was just I mean, it was in, Which is in many ways on iTunes, isn't it? in many ways weirder than Mr. Bungle, but nowhere near as produced. You know, mm -hmm. like a lot of the the weirdness of that first Bungle album. A lot of it was like just the production and the the genre changing. But Village Idiots Brain Tape was almost a genre unto itself. It was just four guys with instruments, and, and they could all play. They oh, they were they were all good players. players. Yeah, but that shit, I would put that on my list. Okay, I mean. 
that village idiot cassette brain for sure. A lot of stuff I was into back then, like I say, the boredoms and stuff, I don't really listen to now. Um, and then I would have to say, if you want to talk about the 90s, the entire sort of discography of Greg Turkington. We'll just put that as one. Faxed Head, Zip Code Rapists, <laughs> two bands he did. They sounded nothing alike, mm. but, but they were both just really interesting to me because that's when I sort of learned about uh, conceptual comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to explain it. Yeah. But it's, it's basically the joke was it a joke or not is half the joke you, you you don't know if it's a joke or not yeah one plus one equals unicorn <laughs> right it's really hard to explain but i don't know something about that just really resonated with me and pretty much put me on the path you know that that led me uh, literally to uh what i do today in that i think a, uh, sorry to interrupt for a minute but con conceptual comedy i think a lot of people like they think that they get it because it's a collective it's a cool thing to do now is to be on the fringe of of uh conceptual stuff and right. and they kind of laugh along because it's 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 not really their thing but they they want it to be so they can be cool does that make any sense i don't know. i don't know i i i don't even think about it anymore you know i, I i've stopped trying to figure out people's motivations uh yeah. years ago especially like trying to figure out what people are into or uh, I just do you I don't care great you know yeah, have you seen my show oh I it's love your show it's a don't care show god your show is insane it's <laughs> like I told you over lunch earlier it's just so unpleasant <laughs> such an unpleasant it's, it's vibe it's heavy on the tragedy than the comedy oh oh well it depends what you're into I Definitely. don't know I'm laughing but my god it's just for, for an unsuspecting audience, it must be a hell of a lot to take in. Oh, man. <laughs> that should be the next album. It's a hell of a lot to take in. <laughs> with just me pulling down my zipper. Oh, <laughs> with a shit-covered cock. Oh, what was that thing you said on the way over here? She makes puke. Pu pu sh shit puke. She makes shit puke. Yeah. I've never heard that before. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh. God. It's beautiful, though. <sighs> Should we go for a paddle by? <laughs> right. Oh yeah, let's let's jump in the let's jump in the water and cleanse our souls. Well, what bands do you go watch? I know you we said we. I don't really go see many bands now. I mean, as I told you earlier, I, I barely leave the house after dark. But uh, I don't know. In the last year, I mean, I, uh, since living here, like I'm lucky enough. A lot of my bands that I'm like really into now, um, kind of older, like Devo. I've seen Devo three or four times since I moved to L.A. One of the guys died, didn't he, recently? Uh, two of them, actually, in the past few years. Okay. Yeah, the original drummer, who hadn't been playing with them, and then um, another one who's like uh, uh, one of the Bobs, multi-instrumentalist. Um, yeah, I don't know, just... But I, I've seen them since... Yeah, that makes sense. The the, the 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 spectacle of it, and either you get it or you don't. Well, yeah, I mean, the music is interesting. For one, it's it's yeah. like it's 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 pop music, or it's you know it's listenable. That that's what I like to listen to. It's like what I like to make music There's that's kind of in interesting uh, in ways, but it's very listenable. You know, that that's how I like I like to have melodies and interesting hooks. ideas, hooks. Yeah, but Devo, they they make really unusual yet really listenable music and there's obviously some some concepts behind it some deep concepts and a lot of showmanship costumes and all that stuff and then sparks are another band who are again just really interesting musically lyrically and very a lot of good showmanship with sparks i've seen them recently would you put faith the more in there uh as far as oh faith no more are are completely yeah they're they fall right into that because they're dramatic they're a lot of a lot of uh, drama in the music and you know live they're great i mean i saw them i saw them on their last u.s tour actually here in la at the palladium uh, and sparks were uh, on oh. stage with them for for the um their encore was a cover of a spark song and they had sparks with them ah. so that was kind of a, a little fan fanboy dream come true what a, what a catalog of of music faith no more yeah oh yeah I mean, I, I mean, I even like the stuff they did with Chuck Mosley, mm -hmm. like before Patton. Like, introduce yeah. yourself. I love that album. Yeah, I love the as the I, worm turns. Oh yeah, 
Oh, no, that was on the first one, I think, actually. That was on We Care A Lot. But with the Chuck album, well, there's two Chuck albums, but Introduce Yourself had the coolest lyrics. I love the song Spirit. I love yeah. the song Blood. Crab. Uh, the crab, crab song. song. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Yep. Yeah, that, that whole bungle experience at the Phoenix was like, oh, you can do this too. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. It really just made me approach, and I wasn't even a comedian yet, but it did plant a seed to say, okay, road less traveled. Yeah, yeah. Is a, a lot of fun. Well, it's a lonely road, and it's a, but it's far more interesting than trying to chase trends that have already been set. Oh, definitely. I mean, by the time you try chasing a trend that's been set, uh, it's probably going to be over with. Yeah. You yeah. know? Uh, definitely, yeah. If it, I think anyone who was kind of affected by by uh, Mr. Bungle like that would be taking the road less traveled. And certainly, I mean, I know you're in this position. I'm in this position too. Is like I'm not trying to please everyone with what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to please, you know, the small group of people who would be into this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if 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 they're if they're interested in what I'm doing, then I feel very satisfied. And it's a cool thing, too, because the internet has, has totally leveled the playing ground. There's internet phenomenons, phenomena, phenomena, uh, people that have done well on the internet that are unknown in mainstream media. Right. And, I'm not and, one of them. And, and massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and some people have come up through the social media and then gone into mainstream, but some people have a, a major hold on oh, yeah. what they're doing. They have complete control. They're director, writer, producer. Mm-hmm. Doing it from their bedroom with a webcam or a podcast or whatever it may be, and they're uh, they're 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 winning. Yo, totally. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, some people are really really good at that. Then there's silence. <laughs> with you no, guys I was just, I was just thinking. Heads. Ah, I wish I could be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never really, even though it's weird. I, even though I'm a video like producer, I've never really. Uh, done any video stuff for myself like be it music video or like scripted stuff I just I don't feel that I, I've just never felt driven to do that for me it's all about the live experience that's that's what I where I feel my thing works you, yeah you've you've worked within okay here's the corners of the room and I'm gonna work within this room yeah and whatever joy or success that comes out of this room if you want to come into my room but I stay in this spot and uh, and it, I'm doing my work and you can peek your head and, and appreciate it or take it or leave it. Yeah. That's, usually they leave it, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're typically Canadian, though. We're, <laughs> we're, just, we're just like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I usually am playing to an entire room of people. I'm opening for somebody, and they're there to see that person. And then they, they see me. They enjoy it. It does well, and then, then it's over. I mean, it's yeah. 35 minutes of... Uh, of, of it happening and then it's over and then you know I'll see you next year and uh where have you where's you just you've been touring in the u.s off and on for ages yeah yeah canada let's let's just go through uh let's do a little hardcore logo here yeah um the worst and best places to play in canada give me a best show and a worst show in canada you can do it from province to province if you oh like. oh my god there's so many <laughs> so many to choose well i mean geez i mean I don't think it matters as to where. I mean, for me, it's it's never been like, where where are the bad shows and where are the good shows? It's just like, wh where can we get people out, you know? And like, Daiquiri, the old band with Lee. I mean, we've gone all the way up to Quebec City to play for like three people. Like, I went to a house party with you, and you played in the. Uh, oh wait, what? Remember that house party in Kitchener? Or oh yeah. That's right. Yes. And I did stand-up. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, was, that, was, that was awesome. That was actually cool. Yeah. Didn't that show work out? That did work out. And you and I, well, that, this is another, but we played the Bovine together, Daiquiri and Jason Rouse. That's right. Bovine Sex Club, which is like a rock club in Toronto. And yeah. it was packed. And it, it, it was great. It went great. But yeah, you played with us in, um, in a basement in Kitchener, Ontario. Some Daiquiri fans had a party yeah. and got us to play. And you, you were nearby, so you came. And yeah, it was it was cool, but like like I say, we've gone all the way to Quebec City, which is way the hell out in the middle of nowhere. 
to play for no one and it's just like well wow this was a lot of effort for for nothing so but i'm not going to say that's quebec city's fault it's just no one happened to be there there yeah. was a, a bad bill or bad promoter or just no one cared um there is a lot of no one cared in canada yeah and then it, that's that's canadians typically uh said oh yeah after the fact they'll go yeah that guy's from canada yep well you never showed up at his shows yeah <laughs> hamilton hamilton where you're from we always got booked there kind of easily and the people that came liked it but it was always just like a very kind of small group i've heard hamilton's kind of in a renaissance right now though right it is it's become the number one place to invest in in the country that's great the, i mean all, all that it's because toronto is too expensive yeah and there's a train that runs from Hamilton to Toronto, yeah. So you can commute, and your rent's a lot cheaper. I think it's great. I'm 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 happy to hear it. It yeah. Somebody told me on my recent tour in Canada that mm. Hamilton's becoming like the Williamsburg of Toronto. Yeah. Which to Isn't me, it weird? Where it used to be the punch in the face of Canada. Yeah. I got to get back there and play. It's been a while. We used to play there all the time. Come in March. Why are you going to be there in March? Yeah. We'll see. No, uh, I'm, I'm, there, I'm there actually Mother's Day weekend. Okay. So uh, come and make nine bucks. Yeah. And two beer tickets. Tor Toronto's <laughs> always been good for me for shows, in the last yeah. few years especially. Tor I always say By the way, we haven't even said, I tour the solo act's called Major Entertainer, Mike H. Mm -hmm. You know, coming to uh, an opening slot near you. Do you, have, you still have your website? No. That Microsoft Paint site that you had going for <laughs> no. 10 years? No, but I should. Yellow. Oh, that. God, I f maybe. I, I remember going to your site and going, what is this mess? Oh, maybe. I hope, I hope it's still there. I wonder if I could remember the password. <laughs> no, nah, I just use Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, shit. No one, no one gets notifications. Yeah. Twitter, well, I don't know. I'm not really much of an online network. I'm not much of networking at all. I'm not good at this stuff, Jason. But you have symbiotic relationships with, like, Neil Hamburger He's and uh, Tom Green. Neil Hamburger is the only guy with <laughs> the guts yeah. to, to take such a weird opener out on tour. Secret Chiefs 3 took me out on a Canadian tour a few years ago, which was amazing. I'm actually playing with them here in L.A. in about three weeks. Do you know the date? People might be listening. Uh, October... I don't remember. Okay. It's uh, Secret Chiefs 3 at El Cid. They're playing Echoplex and El Cid. I'm oh. on the El Cid show. Cool. Where they're I'm performing the music of John Zorn's Masada with oh. opener, major entertainer, Mike H. That's great. I'm, I'll, be, I'll be at one of those shows. I, I, th I think the El Cid venue's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, I don't know. Where do you think the worst shows in Canada are? Or the best I'm having some sort of fucking desert storm flashback right now. Yeah. Oh uh, God, that was a heavy breath. Vancouver. Okay. Always consistent, but it's only because um, I have an audience in play. I have a lot of friends that were there from the beginning. And yeah. They continue to support me. Really? You're lucky. Yeah. Mine have grown up and moved on. Um, yeah, a lot of them are musicians. Okay. So they... they, they oh, those kinda, losers they never die. It. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they come out with their wives now and... And uh, but Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary. Oh, okay, I've never Hamilton. played in Calgary. Hamilton, your hometown, yeah. Yeah, Hamilton's consistent. What Ottawa's not on your list of hottest uh, cities to play? I always the only reason that you you were the only thing I look forward to in Ottawa. I get to hang out with Mike. Ah. I get to walk around, and drink coffee with Mike. Yeah. Uh, the show will probably go decent. Yeah. But there's nothing going on in that city. Yeah. Now, it, it supposedly, since I've left, it's, it's become, like, much cooler. Uh, it's, like, kind of a happening uh, kind of punk rock scene now. Mm. By punk rock, I mean, you know. Yeah, Quebec has always had a stronghold on Ottawa's Quebec. not in Quebec. I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> Edit. But uh, punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hamilton's had punk rock for ages. Uh-huh. Forgotten Rebels, Teenage Head. Yeah. Next time you're in Ottawa, got to check out this venue called the House of Targ. It's awesome. It's a pinball arcade with a stage. It's, no. it's, they just opened it like six months ago. And I played there about three weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. That's what the show I did with Lee. 
They have a barricade in, in Williamsburg. Yeah. It's like that, but no stage. That sounds fucking awesome. Oh, it's amazing. And like it's run by really cool people that I've known for years. And they're just like really like everyone there's cool. The owner's cool. The door guy is like awesome. The bartenders are all cool. And yeah, it's pinball machines, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And the DJ that I heard was fucking great. That's cool. How many does the venue hold? Pretty big. A couple hundred? Yeah, probably a couple of hundred. But it's the the way the room is spread out, like you're ne- you wouldn't be cramped. It's big. That's cool. I don't know, it's cool. Check it out. The that House of Targ. It's right across from the Mayfair Theater, which is, well, pr- probably the best movie theater in Ottawa. Now a word from our sponsors. Wake up, Keith. We've got to leave in 15 minutes. Oh, we've got Shirley fixing breakfast. Wake up, Keith. Wake up, Keith. Keith is turning over. Wants to sleep. Wants to sleep. This always works. No, no, no! Here the I think I'm waking up. We got sleepy keep on treat. Wake it up, wake it up, snap crackle. Wake it up, wake, wake up, up like me. Wake up with the safe one with Jason Rouse. Visit JasonRouse.com. Oh God! What is going on over there, Mike? So yeah. You guys at home can't see, but uh, Jason's being approached by a very nice lady right now. She has a nice cream cart. And yeah, that, is that a lady? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, not the way I fuck it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be respectful of her. <laughs> I mean... Jim. That's a word that you're not even making an effort. <laughs> Ooh, her or me? Oh, that one. Whatever it is. No, I wouldn't... The only thing, you're not going to... You don't want to buy ice cream off of that. I don't want to. I don't want to buy ice cream off of anyone. I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> I mean, God, we just had lunch. What do you eat on the road? Eat real well, actually. Yeah, cool. uh, we we always do research before going. Oh, fuck that! Your trip to England, probably one of the worst times of your life. Remember, oh. we meet, we met up in London. Oh my God! Yes, yes and you hated it. Oh. How many days oh. were you there? Oh, I think I was there. <laughs> I think did we I go? Did I take you to the crowbar? Did we go drink? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was there five or six days, but what were you I, doing I left there? early. Well, okay. Oh, you went to see an a band or something, didn't you? Yeah, me and my friend Craig went over to see Sparks again because they were doing like a residency there where they were playing. They were playing their every album that they ever played from beginning to end. You know, 21 nights in a row. In one venue? In one venue. Oh, that's great. So the first night was the first album, the second night was etc., etc. So we went to see the first five albums. And yeah, I was in a really, some, some like, I, I, some really bad stuff had happened at home. And I was just going through a real shit time. And when I went there, I was in the worst mood. I remember. I mean, I was, I mean, it was beyond a bad mood. I mean, it was like, I was just not dread i was just not in my right mind and on top of it i was pretty broke at the time and you know to be broke in london i mean anyone would be broke in london it just sucked and it was like i went to see my favorite band or one of my favorite bands with a friend and you know you were there and i had another friend there and the whole thing just sucked i forgot i even saw you there yeah I mean, I that, that's how out of it I was. Every turn, you were like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I've never seen you like that before. I hate Usually it. Usually, you're like, oh, okay, I'm a little fucked off about something. But it was like, <laughs> I was trying to get you out of your slump, and you're like, you know what? Good luck. Yeah. This is fucking the worst. Well, I mean, you know what? Truthfully, I really want to go back to London and give it a better chance. Because I, I was not in my right mind when I was there. I mean, I was, I was, in the, I was basically in, in a deep depression, you know? Mm. And... Uh, that's why didn't you really didn't really know that until afterwards, that I was in a depression. You know, it happens. <laughs> Mine's lasted most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been in two really deep ones, and um, do you take any? Um, I never knew it. Prescription drugs to well, counteract that? Fr- no, I mean I did the, after this, after London, about a month later. Yeah, I did end up having to go see a doctor and get on pills and all this. What kind of stuff do they give you? Uh, do you have any left? Anti? No. No, lorazepam. Loraza, lorazepam for for the anxiety attacks, which were many, because yeah. I was always shaking. I took those too. And then a, for a bit. And then an antidepressant, which I don't remember the name of it, but it took like it takes a month to kick in. It's called Jack Daniels. <laughs> no, that was my own prescription. <laughs> but yeah, that stuff. Uh, after a few months of it, I kind of came back to normal, 
and then I went off all the medication, and then that was a rough transition getting off of it, especially the lorazepam. That shit is hardcore. You had a hard time getting off of it. No, but I didn't have a hard time getting off of it. But when I did stop taking these, you were these more things, depressed. No, it was just it's a transition because, you know, you take these things and it alters your chemistry to make you feel better, and so when you come off of it. When you stop taking it, your chemistry has to revert back to normal, and it's yeah, it's, it's very change. rocky. Yeah, the gear change. It and was very, no very rocky. The whole that was a really strange year for me. Um, yeah, you were out of sorts. I remember going. Uh, I know he'll come around again, but it was kind of out of character for you to be like that. It was a nightmare. I mean, that was yeah. London was the beginning stages, and it got worse after that. What was then it, then it got better. I don't five. Six. Sounds right. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a great artist city. I want to go back. I do. Yeah. But I need to make some serious money. My, my move to London was, uh, was a gift. That was great. I got How long did you live there? Uh, five years. Five years? Yeah. And you were making really good money touring stand-up in Europe, which is how you could afford it, right? Yeah, I was, I was working. I worked, you know, three to f four nights a week for five years. All in, in 12 countries. I always found it so strange that you're... I, I didn't realize that... Because what you do is y you speak, you talk. You're English. I didn't know that, that those countries would all understand English. Like, in Sweden, you were doing English stand-up, right? No, English was never an issue in Scandinavia. Weird. Even in smaller parts of uh, Finland. But again, if I wasn't drunk on stage and I was pronunciating pronunciating I think I fucked that up right there uh, if I was speaking correctly uh, and coherently it was fine it was never an issue even in uh, like what we call like Slovenia Croatia Hungary um, it was a little choppy Russia they didn't speak English at all. that was a nightmare. you played in Russia yeah I did I was like the first I think English speaking stand-up comedian to perform on well, I mean television they couldn't even understand you, let alone know that it was a joke, well, right? Well, they told me that they would have expats and English-speaking okay. Russians at the show. I'm bombing. Okay. I'm bombing. Yeah. This show's terrible. It's, t it's an awful. And uh, I asked the audience. I know I think I talked about this in the last show. I asked the audience. I go, how many people here understand English? And four comedians in the back put their hand oh. up. And it televised. I'm like, I've got a visa. I flew out here. There's been a long ordeal to get yeah. to Russia. Yeah. To fly to Moscow to do a show. Oh, man. Unreal. But um, it worked out. You're so lucky that you got to go to Russia at yeah. all. My, yeah. Again, my friends, the Secret Chiefs, they just played in Russia. Oh, the hottest women. Blows my mind that, that Super hot. you guys have a reason to go there. I know someone else who went there for work recently, and uh, I'm just like, wow. I mean, because I'm not going to go to Russia just, you know, on vacation, but if I had no. a reason to go, yeah, I work would is love great. to. Yeah, it's cool. I want to go everywhere. Like, next year, I want to go to Poland, Germany. I've never been anywhere in Europe except you London. would dig especially you I think I'm, I'm making an educated guess here but I think the more like Slovenia Croatia Hungary more of these kind of odd Eastern European kind of arty places yeah like, would totally gravitate towards you what you're doing I've always heard that and I've always but I mean no one's ever no 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 one's ever made an offer and I wouldn't yeah. even know where to start looking so mm. I guess uh, we're, we're not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> No, but again, some of those piggyback opportunities, you know, going to Europe with uh, one of these music or comedians that you've worked with before. It's always, the door is always open. Most of the people that I work with, though, like, we all operate on such a, well, not really a small level, but, like, they're not always in a position to bring an opener. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially Cause, with... Because, you know, with money, and I mean, you know how hard it is. Especially, I think, over the last seven years, people, like, because I used to bring openers to, to Scandinavia... But I can't afford it anymore. Right. It's I mean, it's... The cost. I'll just get a local guy. Yeah. Flight, hotel, per diem, you know. Th th it all adds up. That's uh, it's two, three, four thousand uh, yeah. $4,000 to have an opening act when I can get a, a local talent to take the bus. Right. And, and pay them. And, well, you're not the one that pays them, right? The venue does. No. When I book my own... Oh, when you book your I own. pay people out of my... Oh, okay. Out of yours. And most of the time, I don't need them, but I, I like to kind of contribute on some level mm -hmm. to the local community and have guys that would never get opportunities to do 
big shows and things like that get a chance to do it. So what do you what do you uh, you just did a special with Andrew Dice Clay, right? Yeah, man. Okay, well, tell <laughs> tell the listeners about this. Uh, so this uh, is crazy. I mean, it, that is huge. It was huge. I was just standing on stage with some of the other acts and going. And this is for television. Yeah, for Showtime. For Showtime. This is major. It is major. Major entertainment. <laughs> ah, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it was cool. It was very cool to. to I never thought that the seeing Dice yeah. in his heyday, I would never uh, would have dreamed to be, okay, Andrew Dice Clay saying, please welcome the stage, Jason Rowe. Wait a minute, Dice introduced you? Dice was the host. Did he? Wow, so he watched your set. He totally watched my set. Whoa, did yeah. that throw you at all or did it, it put, put you on fire? I, av I avoided him because I didn't want to. Uh, but when you were doing the set knowing he was watching. Yeah, it gave me an extra confidence that I was oh, good. sharing a stage with somebody who's doing challenging, crazy, not crazy, but dice, you know. Because I, I would maybe think that, like, that might, in, that could go either way because it could intimidate someone, you know. Like, if I'm doing a show and, like, only I hear one of my heroes or idols or whatever you want to call them are watching me oh. with their arms crossed, like, and a straight face, and it just, it, it would really potentially Ugh. put a dent in the old confidence definitely definitely that's why i avoided him until after my show yeah i literally didn't get introduced until i walked up to him two minutes before he was introducing saying yeah. hey by the way i'm jason rouse this is very cool yeah and then um went on stage and, and had a great show well that's cool i'm glad you got to fucking do that yeah it was it was very cool and again i don't know what else i can do the only next person I want to work with is um, Jim Carrey. Oh. Well, he doesn't really do stand-up anymore, right? No, I like to do a movie with Jim. Yeah. On some level. Yeah, well, um, sign up with Central Casting, and maybe you can be an extra <laughs> in some scene, and uh, you'll you'll make that happen. <laughs> I, I, I take that. I take that. Of course I, you I, would. In a Fairly Brothers film or something. <laughs> um, the new Dumb and Dumber's coming out. Right. Oh, yeah. Too bad. You should have been in that. Yeah, but I can't act I, on no, that no, no. level. That's the cool thing about comedians. They don't have to act. They just have to be themselves. Yeah. I mean, when you're on stage, you are acting in a way. I mean... It's more of a cry for help. Let's be well, honest. Well, it's you, but it's an amplified version of you. I think Most definitely. I have always thought you'd be great in movies as some retard tied to a tree. Nice. <laughs> it's more of a uh, documentary, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you friends with Harlan Williams? Yeah. Okay, I met him recently. Harlan's um, great. A few times. Really nice guy. Very fucking funny. Hilarious. But just he—he he was in Dumb and Dumber, and like, yeah. I could see you being in a role like that. Sure. Anyway, it's uh, too bad. Too yeah, bad. Harlan. Uh, I, I when Tom Green and Harlan Williams, because we've gone out drinking a couple times. Uh huh. I can't look at them without still giggling. Yeah. They're not <laughs> even doing anything. They're just kind of looking around and you just know that something silly is about to unravel <laughs> you know mm -hmm. we do all right what nothing oh was this an edit point for ziggy <laughs> his name marjorie it's marjorie is he <laughs> he's the only guy i know that shit standing up i don't even know his last name it's 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 got about 12 letters in it but his first name is three letters and your next Los Angeles show is November November fifteenth. I'm gonna do at some the Improv or Hollywood Improv at the Hollywood Improv yeah. on Melrose. Yeah, it's Jason. Awesome, Rose's the Nightmare Before Christmas. Before Christmas. And, and I, for one, won't be there. Nice. No, because I'm going to be off in another city on tour. That's the downside of being in show business. Is I've done shows across the street where some of my favorite bands were playing that night. Oh, I know that. That happens all. That's really weird when that happens. And especially but when it they're does different happen. countries, and then you happen to be in the same country, or they're there a day later. Yeah. I'm so stoked that um, I'm I'm in town this weekend because Sunday night here in LA. Um, if you're a movie geek, as I'm a movie geek. You're basically in paradise here because they screen things in movie theaters that you would have a hard time even finding a VHS copy of. Uh -huh. There's this movie called The Savage is Loose, which uh, is one of the sickest films I've ever seen. I've seen it once, a, a, a VHS rip. Disgusting? It is. When I say sick, I don't mean like gory. I John mean, Waters sick? 
much further. John Waters is like a cartoon. This movie was I'm very um, interesting. I don't know if he wrote it, but it stars and was directed by George C. Scott. It's a family. A, a man and wife are shipwrecked on an island, and they have a, a baby. They have a son. And they raise it, you know, Robinson Crusoe style, the Swiss family Robinson. Yeah. And then when the son gets to be about 16, 17, he starts getting these feelings towards mom. Go on. Hold on. Let me get my <laughs> cock out. So what is his mom like? She's hot. But the point is, I don't even remember she's hot, honestly, but he thinks she is. I mean, it's the only woman he's ever seen. And then eventually, by the end of the movie, it's like a war between the father, the father and the for, son. For mom's pussy? Yep. And this was like... I think this was an episode of Little House in the Prairie. No, no, no. This is a... F so this movie, I guess, was quietly released and just was buried and because it was just so... What year? 70s? 73? 70s were wild, They were they? crazy. But this, I miss it. this Sunday, they're screening it at the New Beverly, a 35-millimeter print from Quentin Tarantino's personal... It's his print. He, You know he took over the New Beverly, right? No. Yeah, the New Beverly is this like crazy movie theater here in Los Angeles, and Tarantino owns it, and now he programs it. And every movie that screens is a 35 millimeter print from his home library. Ah. So he's screening that here in LA this Sunday. And I'm, I'm just point is, I'm really glad I'm not. I'm out assuming of town. it's sold out. No, it's not sold out, and there's probably four shows of it. Maybe I'll go. Yeah, it's called The Savage Is Loose. I'm going to the Sunday show at 9:30. Uh, what are some of your? If you were, uh, you had a gun in your head, and you had to list off. Five movies. Oh, my God. Five? I'm holding the gun. Five? I mean, it would be... Pfft. I could list 25. But I don't know. Right now, uh, I always say Night of the Creeps as a go-to movie just because it's got everything. I mean, I've said that... I even... Glenn Humplick asked me the same fucking question and I gave him the same five movies. Okay, so I'm not... Okay. I'd say right now, I'm going to give you the top five weirdest movies that come to mind. The Savage is Loose, number one. Mm -hmm. Another one's called... Uh, my Brother Has Bad Dreams, which is another just sick, sick 70s movie. It's insane. A Canadian movie called Science Crazed, which is just goo... I mean, look it up. There aren't words to describe how weird this movie are. Is uh, and Then let's, let's, let's bring it to something everyone knows. Rosemary's Baby, always good. Creepy, weird movie. And uh, the original Psycho. Another mommy movie. Awesome. I'm going to look up all those films. <laughs> the ones I haven't seen. Yeah, Science Crazed is Canadian. It's retarded. It's terrible. It's bad. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Where can people get a hold of you? Uh, just look me up on the internet. Major entertainer Mike H. I got a new record out. Um... It's really something else. <laughs> well, thank you. He's jumping in the water. Don't kiss me on the mouth. Don't ask if you're hurting me. And if you hear the safe word, stop what you're doing immediately. Do you have pantyhose?